You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Father, we are grateful for the opportunity to be in your presence. We thank you for the time of worship, for the time of reassurance that we've received in your presence. Um, Lord, as we share your word this evening, I ask that your spirit will speak afresh to us in a new different, refreshing way, the Lord, we will hear you clearly, we will know your counsel, we will know your will for us, the Lord, as we seek to do your will, Lord, we will receive grace to be true doers of the things that we hear and not hear us alone, Lord, I ask that you anoint my lips afresh, that I will speak as an oracle of God, the Lord, the things I say will come straight from your presence, from you through me to everyone here present. And Lord, that they'll be backed by your spirit, backed by your power, backed by your grace, causing us to be doers and not hearers only in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We exalt you in this place. We lift your name like a banner, as a banner over this gathering. Unto you shall all flesh continue to come. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And all of God's people say, awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so, um, yeah, so I don't know why the light sounds so bright today, but anyway, if I could please crave your indulgence, since there's only like 10, 12 of us, can we all just kind of like come to the front? Like, um, it makes it way more exciting. So I, I know when I say the front, people think the middle row, but like, I mean like the front front. I love you guys. You guys are an awesome group of people. Tisulola, the front. Who is Adi? Tanya, do. I'm actually quite. I'm not aware of any such Adi. Ha, wow, damn me. Since when? The prayer we pray for you is quite different. Turn in, turn in. Front, front. Front. You are not even used to sitting at the back. You normally sit down in front, so just come and sit down in front. It's not Komoe Lara, do you understand? It's not used. You're not used to it. Ah, Pastor Dolly. Is that is this middle self that I will have prepared for? Pastor Dolly, please come and sit down in front, please. Please, please, please. Ah. Since when Pastor Dolly, Pastor Dolly, you know what? You watch us from the side. You watch us from the side. Jesus got, got my back. Hallelujah. Amen. Awesome. Um, so thank you guys for coming today. Um, it's really good to have you here. Uh, our exchange services are kind of styled very differently. Um, and the idea is to try and get everybody to preach the message. So if you've listened to any of our exchange services on podcast, you'll hear, for instance, you always hear Dami's voice. She's always saying something, you know, throwing into sometimes. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's part of... It's part of your, it's part of your MO, you know. It's our trademark, exactly. Saying things all the time. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're going to do today, actually. And um, we'll just try and talk and just teach one another. Um, and the hope is that as we do, it'll be one, it'll be exciting and refreshing. Um, oh, oh, I love it. I love it. Amen. Um, but more than that, it will be impactful. We will go home with specific keys, things that we can take away and begin to practice as we transition into this new season of our lives. Amen? Awesome. Okay, so let us begin. Now, just for some background. Um, ah, and this is where my, my brother is typically very good. Because I would have said to him, help me get a mic. He will get a mic. And then, no, that means, no, 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 no. I feel like, Okay, all right. Um, and the reason why we need the extra mic is just so that I can hear you guys as you're speaking. Now, so, um, we've been talking about honest conversations about money um, in the month of November up until the first week in December. And so when BWS sent me the notes to say, oh, this is what we're teaching on this week, I was like, oh, money, like more money talk. I'm here for it, do you understand? Like, let's talk about money. I need this money in my life. Uh, sorry? That's... Please, anything that Tony says, just don't listen to her. 
Because Tony is lobbying to move to the Seychelles. Uh, where do you say he wants to go? Maldives, to go and be the lead pastor of Elevation in the Maldives. But we, me, I know my God. Do you understand? I know my God. That's what I want to say. No, no, that's not what I mean. What I mean is I know my God. Period. Anyway. So I was, you know, looking through the notes. The, the, what we're going to be talking about today and as we transition into the new year is about learning how to move into seasons of newness. Now, that's a lot of churches or Christianese. So here's my first opportunity to now throw it into the crowd for you guys to preach with me. What, what does that mean to you when I say, you know, you're moving? Okay, let me, let me phrase it this way. So it's your birthday or whatever, and then you go to your favorite pastor, Pastor Busola. Pastor Busola, pray for me. And so she prays for you about all the things. You know, you have money. If you're a lady, she prays that you will find the husband this year, blah, 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 blah. And then as she's wrapping up the prayer, she says, and I believe in my heart, Lord, that you will take Dolakpo into a season of newness in her life. And you say, amen. What does that mean for you in practice? So, again, please feel free. Uh, whatever comes to your mind. Does anybody have anything? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So newness for me would mean new customers, Oof. new expansion in my business. Say that again. Expansion in my business. Expansion in your business. Then maybe mm-hmm. new friends, mm-hmm. uh, new money, more money. New money, because old money, we're not working with old money. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, new season, like... Uh, Husband, married. <laughs> See, for you, this season of newness is only for you alone. Everybody else can go home. It's just for you alone. But yeah, does anybody else have anything that when they think of a new season or you see we're moving into newness that comes to mind? Tony Session wants to say something. I, I heard you say something. I heard you say something. Yeah. Deep calls to deep. Carry on. Okay, so what new? Yeah, so if I say, oh, you're moving into a new season or newness, what does that mean for you? Another level in my spiritual work we got. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then um, a new car. Ooh, all right. <laughs> a new husband. All right. A new, so the old one, you don't want to give back. <laughs> you don't like the old one. New money. New money, uh-huh. And, um, yeah. no, it's your new season. It's not my new season. <laughs> And every other new. thing. Yeah. New. And you, one more person. Ah, Pastor Dolly. Let me, should I stand up for you to... I can sit down. How are you? Okay. So because I'm in a new season, I can speak to this. So what newness means, what newness has mean to me in this season is just a new mindset hmm. and the ability to just believe bigger and to live bigger and to live bolder and to just so just the mindset there's just a shift in my understanding of things of life how to approach things how to do things so it's just that mindset shift Hmm. so it just affects every other area of my life so just new mind to live bolder and to live bigger yeah awesome awesome that now that is so i don't want to i want to say that plus Tony and Tislola's um, explanations, those are some of the things that we're going to talk about. But Pastor Dolly really hits it on the head. When we speak about walking into a new season or walking into newness, the first thing that needs to change as you walk into a new season is actually your mindset. And I'll give you, I'll give you a number of examples. And the reason why it's important to change the first thing that needs to be renewed is your mind is because you cannot, the Bible says you can't put new wine into old wineskins. The reason why, and I know people say that all the time, the reason why is that the old wineskins, they are already hard. And new wine, it bubbles with gas. And so if you put that new wine into an old wineskin, the gas and everything will expand. And the wineskin can't expand. And so what happens is it bursts, it breaks. In the same way, if your wineskin, the wineskin of your mind, hasn't been processed and programmed and worked on, when the new wine of ideas is being poured into your mind and the gas, you know, new ideas, new 
inspiration is beginning to bubble up on the inside of you, if your mind is in process properly for the, the season you're about to enter into, then what will happen is it will explode. And now let me give you, I know that that exploding is a bit violent, but let me give you an example of a mind that isn't ready for a new season. I'll talk from my own experience so I don't shit anybody here so that they won't say that you, somebody came and told me they had struggle and then I used it to preach. They do that in some churches where I come from, but we're not like that. Um, so, classic example. At the beginning of the year, God has said to me, one of the things I want you to start doing is writing. Writing. So that's new wine. Now, my own old mindset was, you know, maybe I might write something maybe like once a quarter or once a half year, just writing like a short excerpt. Something that I can just say, ah, Demari wrote this, hashtag Demari wrote this, those types of things. Um, and so what happened was, as I began to study, I was beginning to see new things, fresh things, but because my mind wasn't ready to take on the assignment that God had given me at the beginning of the year, um, all the fresh insights and stuff that I was coming, I felt like every time I would get something, I wouldn't write it down. Like, I would read my Bible, I would learn something new, I'd be like, whoo, this is amazing, but I would not write it down. And then, Two or three days later, I will come back to that same portion of scripture and look at it. And I'm like, ah, oh, but this thing was exciting me two days ago. What was it that I saw here? Because I can't remember it anymore. And that's a classic example of you've been asked to move into a new season of life to start to do something new, something fresh, something exciting that you weren't doing before. But because you haven't processed your mind your um, environment, the things around you, the things you are doing, you know, the tools you need, whether you need to get a new laptop or you need to start getting, you know, an iPad or whatever, because you haven't done that, all the wine, all the bubbles and all the gas that's coming from the wine that has been placed in that new wine skin, it will just start escaping because it's not, you're not able to channel it in the right direction. So, as we begin to speak about this new season that we're all being moved into by the grace of God, I think the biggest challenge that God has now is what are you doing with your mind? What are you doing with your mind? What are the tasks? And that's why if you came for the morning service, it was so on point. Because Pastor Ayo was talking about that. He was saying, look, what tends to happen as children of God is that we all, we hear God. God says, Demade, Ah, I want you to start writing. So what do I do? I take, it to, I take it back to God in prayer. God has told me what he wants me to do. But I decide, you know what, I need to, I need to do a 21-day fast to pray on how to hear God about what he has told me to do. And I, I want to be clear, there's nothing wrong with it. There's a place for processing things in prayer. But what we tend to do is that we use prayer as a crippling agent to actually doing the work. Ah, so, ah, Demari, you know, um, you've been complaining about, oh, you don't have a new job, you want to get a new job. What are you doing? Ah, my sister, I'm praying. I'm praying about it. Ah, have you started applying? You know, I, you know, I just want to pray and give God a chance to just move in the spirit realm. Then once I've moved in the spiritual realm, I will now just, you know, the job will come to me. Let me tell you a funny story. There's a friend of mine, and I'm so sad as I have to share that today, but she's been reminded by God. Every time I ask her, so, ah, my friend, you're now 32 years old. How far marriage now? She'll say, you know, I'm trusting God. I'm, I'm really praying about it. I'm just, you know, I've committed my ways to God and I believe the Lord is about to order my steps. Ah, that's wonderful. But when was the last time you went out on a date? I don't, I don't go out on dates. I believe that God is going to bring my husband to come and miss me in my palatial estate. Ah, so are you talking to any boys, you know, presently? I don't, I don't, I don't really have time for boys. I'm here for Jesus. So question, how are you going to miss this supposed husband that you want to marry if you are not doing the work? The Bible says that the children of these days, well, they are wiser than the children of light. Because we know that God is all-powerful, we sometimes remove the place of our own power, our own ability, our own willingness, our own intentionality. And that's what we're here to discuss today. Yes, God is the one who will orchestrate and arrange and prepare the season that you are going to move into. But there is a place for you to actually walk into it. And so my question to you now is, 
as we move into 2022, gosh, I'm old. As we move into 2022, what are the deliberate steps you are going to be taking to walk into? God will not push you inside. You are the one who has to tighten your shoe, you know, tighten your belt and walk into that season. So I'm going to just provide a few keys. And the hope is that as we talk it through and as we meditate on it, as you think about it, as you pray on it during the three-day fast coming up, God will begin to give you specific instructions. And you will not just take those instructions and write them down in a book and close it. You will actually start to do things so that your feet will, you will put your feet where your mouth is. Your feet will match the things that you've heard from God. Yes? Awesome. All right. So, first thing that I am going to, um, that we need to do as you walk into a new season is that you need to understand that seasons are, they are orchestrated by light. So if you came, again, this is why it's important to come to church regularly. If you came to church two Sundays ago, um, Fisayo, wonderful message. I, I encourage you to go and listen to that message on the SoundCloud. The thing is still blowing my brain. So I, just random joke. I was, I said, oh, let me just listen to it again. Let me listen to it again. I'm still need nine minutes inside the message because all the things he has said is still blowing my brain, you know, currently. I should forward you the link. It's on our SoundCloud. I should send it to you. No problem. I'll send it to you. Anybody else want the link? Fisayo, two weeks ago. Yeah. But he said something. He, he actually talked from... He taught from the book of Genesis, and I want us to go there so that we can all read it together. Genesis chapter 1, and I believe it's verse 14. Yeah, 14. Right. So, verse 14, he says, And God said, Let there be lights. Uh, let me read it in Amplified so that I won't confuse people. Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be useful for signs of God's provident care and for marking seasons, days, and years. And let them be useful as lights in the expanse of the heavens to provide light on the earth. And it was so. That's a lot of English. Basically, what happened is God said, let there be lights. So let there be sun, moon, and let them be in the heavens. And what they will do is they will help to divide the day from the night. They will, they will be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So, for instance, in our Nigerian parlance, when, is it, when it's time for a season of enjoyment for the Muslims, what do they do? They go and look for the moon. When they find the moon, they know that, yeah, we're about to enter into our Salah season. When we don't, do, do Christians have any sun-related? No, we don't. But so the Jews, they also had, you know, seasons. They would mark their seasons based on, you know, the signs that they see in the stars. The sun is 24 days here, 30-something days there. They would have those types of feasts set up to the calendar of the year based on the rotation of the sun and all of that. And so we, and just taking that, extrapolating that into our, into our own current um, situation, what does that mean for us? Fisaya said something very important. He said light determines time. The amount of light you have in a situation or in a circumstance will determine the, the, the season of your life that you are in. So when there is light, Jesus said it's, there are 12 days in, in, an, in 12 hours in a day. And when there are 12 hours in a day, the son of man can walk freely and nobody will kill him. When it is light, that's when we go out. That's when we do our activities. That's when we prepare. That's when we plan. And for as long as there is light available, you can work. But the minute the light is taken away, there is nothing you can do because the darkness that is in effect limits your ability to walk, to work rather. And so the first question is, how do I then transition into a new season? Because that new season means that there's new work that needs to be done. And the way to enter into that new work that needs to be done is I need to make sure that there's light inside that season so that I can work well. I need to make sure that there's illumination in that season that I'm about to walk into so that I can do the things I need to do and do them well. I need to make sure that I have 
cause the creative power of God, the light, the illumination, the wisdom, the knowledge, the discretion, all of those things to be present in that season so that when I want to do work, there is spiritual power in the air to get the work done. And so one of the things we are doing to be able to actively walk into our new season is over the next week, we're going to be fasting for three days. People like Pastor Tony, Pastor Dolly, they'll be scabashing so that light will enter into January so that we can work well. But it's not just their responsibility, it's actually our collective and individual responsibilities to make sure that before we step into a new season, we have caused the light of God to go ahead of us and begin to prepare the way so that when we start to work, we will work well. In the Bible, it says, a man, if a man is walking in the dark, he will stumble and fall. But if you are walking in the light, you see clearly. You know what to do, when to do it, how to do it. So the first key to prepare as we enter into a new scene is to make sure that you, are, you have sent light ahead of you. You have sent, the, the Bible says, they are ministering spirits who have been sent to minister to heirs of salvation. You can send forth your ministering spirits to go ahead of you and begin to clear the way for you so that when you come in, you enter inside fresh. There's a meme that I see on Instagram. Some, that was Sophia and London guy. They are opening the door for him and they're trying to push him. He said, leave me. Let me enter in style. If you want to enter in style into your new season, you need to send emissaries ahead of you to go and prepare the way. Even for Jesus, Jesus was coming into the earth. The Bible says that God sent a forerunner ahead of him to prepare the way for him, which means that if Jesus needed a preparation ahead of him, we also need to prepare the way for that new season we're about to enter into. So that's very important. Then the next thing you do is you review the season you are in. So you send light ahead of you, but there are lessons you need to learn from the season you are currently in. So you start to do a review. Because if you make mistakes now and you don't address them, when you go into that new season, you will make the same mistakes. The children of Israel were in the wilderness for a period of time. And they were faffing about and making mistakes and doing all those things. But the things they were not learning. And God kept saying to them, you need to get rid of these idols now. Because I'm taking you into a new season, into a land of milk and honey. And if you carry your idols into that place, they will cause you problems. The, uh, the, the, the giants you don't take care of today will become problems for you in your new season. The issues you don't get rid of today will become giants in that new land that has been set up for you. And so there's a need, it's important that you actually take stock, sit back, calculate, make adjustments, review, identify what did I do good? What did I not do so good? What were things that I could have improved on? Let me give you an example. As I was transitioning from one season of my life, so I was in uni and I was beginning to trust God that God, uni don't finish now, I never make money. How can I transition into this new season where money will be entering my accounts you know, semi-regularly? One of the things God told me was that you sleep too much. No, that's for me, so that you don't all feel tension. In case <laughs> he told me, wait, the matter you were, you, sir, sleep too much. Now, I want to clarify so that you won't think that I have a problem. When, so, you know how when you are in high school, you do nine months of work, then three months of holiday. And that holiday, you must holiday the holiday well because you know that for another nine months we are working. You know, so I had gotten used to this pattern of when I'm on holiday, I like to holiday the whole holiday well. Let me sleep well. So, I mean, my brother is aware. Uh, I watch TV till like 2 a.m. Then, do you understand? Then I will not sleep. Then 12, 12.30. You know, because if you sleep to p.m. now. Because if you sleep till 2 o'clock, it means it's lunch. You can't eat breakfast. And I want to maximize all the meals that are available to me. So I wake up around at 12.30 so that, ah, uh, have you eaten? No, I've not eaten. What are you planning on eating? Please give me like bread, jam, all those kind of stuff. So I would sleep for, I could sleep for 8, 9, 10, 12 hours. Yeah. Standard. And in my family, sleeping is like an Olympic sport. We pass the baton to one another. So if I sleep my 10 hours, say, bro, have you slept? No slept. Say, say, carry on for us. Do you understand? We're passing the baton. 
Um, but it, it was actually a big infirmity for me. And so at about that age, my dad has started calling me that. Um, and my dad is a pastor, so everything for him is, is always big. If Arsenal is losing, it's because our coach does not have the fear of God. Like that, those are the kind of, everything for him has his spiritual roots. So he called me. It's like, um, son, I've been talking to you about this for so long that you need to sleep less. You need to spend more time praying. I'm like, Sam, I'm on holiday. Jonathan, I'm not here about that life. I mean, you are a pastor. What are you doing? Pray for us sinners in our, in our hour of need. But he started telling me, I mean, and he basically said to me, look, if you can't get a, if you can't get a grip on this, your uh, sleeping habits, that is going to cause you problems further down the line. Now, obviously, he's a pastor, but he's also my dad. You know, there's a way that, like if Pastor Busola says something to me, I will take it on board. But if my dad says, yeah, pastor, but you're also my dad, I do know you, so whatever it is you are saying, it can't really be that serious. But it became a problem for me. Where um, I would wake up at, obviously I tried to curb the habit, so I would go to bed least, but I would then wake up at 7 o'clock. And my neighbor who was living beside me was also a pastor. He would have started praying from like 4. So by the time I'm waking up by 7.30 to 8, he has prayed maybe 4 hours straight. And the worst part was this, his house was there, my window was here. So I would be hearing him groaning, hearing him shouting, and I would not be able to, but I started to feel bad because I knew that God was asking me to take up a new level of responsibility. And it bothered me for a really long time. I'm telling you that for years, I couldn't get up earlier than six o'clock in the morning. Let me even phrase that properly. Even when I get up by six, I was still sleep. You know how it's a, a tag team sleeping. You sleep 10 minutes, you wake up two minutes to just survey the area, then you sleep again. I, I would be doing that back to back to back. Now, thank God, um, as I walked into this new season, I started to realize that, man, there are only so many hours in the day. I have to start to work on it. If I had sent my angels ahead to do the right thing, to begin to prepare me and discipline me so that I will learn the right habits, going into that new season, I will not have dealt with all those things because my um, sleeping long hours meant that I wasn't getting my work done, which meant that I wasn't doing so well in school. It had a lot of repercussions. I also wasn't very accountable you know, to, to the things that I was committed to. It had a lot of repercussions, but thankfully I said it to get, so now I, I don't sleep for so long, praise God. Yeah, but I don't sleep for so long anymore, but I had to do a review of that season of my life to say, what are the things I'm doing wrong? One of the things I used to do wrong, I used to, I, I'm an American at heart, do you understand? So I'm like, I like to stay up to speed on like basketball, American football, all the vital sports. Football, I love football, but you know, baseball, I love all those American sports. I like to stay up to date with like the Grammys and all that stuff. So when everybody in Nigeria is sleeping, it's just prime time for me. Um, but I had to do a review of my life, of that season I was in to find out that, look, I can't spend all this time watching American sports. I can't spend all this time watching uh, Grammys and all that stuff, waiting for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl that starts by two o'clock in the morning. I can't do that anymore because I have to be accountable for the new season that I'm walking into. I said all of that to say, there are things that you do in the season before that God winks at. But in this new season of life you are going into, you have to start to trim the fat. You have to start to cut away. The Bible says the things that offend. And I mean, offend is, in that context, it means the things that, they're just not permissible. They're not acceptable. So I don't know what those things are for you, but, and this is the good part of the exchange service. I'm going to give you two minutes. We're doing, this is like a continuous assessment, to sit and just begin to think, what are some of the things in this current season? So you can write it down in your notes or whatever, um, what are some of the things in this current season that I need to get rid of or address, you know, adjust so that I am better positioned as I walk into this new season of my life? So, I already have my own. I'll give you a minute to start to think. Write them down. Things in your conduct, things in your mindset things in your approach to engaging with people, things in your approach to engaging with new information. The Bible says that teach us to number our days 
so that we can apply our hearts to wisdom. There's something about reviewing your days, reviewing the things you've done in the past. Once you've reviewed it, then you start to see new applications of wisdom in your future. So take a quick second and meditate. Think about it. Ask God. Go, what are some of the things you want me to adjust as I walk into this new season? Tony has nothing because she's going to... Yeah, I've written it down. Just two things. <laughs> Sometimes there are people. So also think about it in that context. What are, who are some of the people in my current season that I might need to begin to transition past? You know, and it's not that they are bad people. I might just need to adjust my my approach towards them so that I am better suited for this new season of life I'm entering into. All right, are we good? Awesome. So what are the two things you said so far? The first one is you send light ahead of you. And then the second thing is you review the current season that you're in. Are we good so far? All right, now the next step is preparing to capture new ideas. So, let me put it this way. The children of Israel are on the verge of a new season. So, what do they do? They, you know, Moses calls the 12 leaders of the 12 tribes, calls all of them, and starts to ask them, okay, so we're about to enter into this new season now. What, what, what do we do? What do we do? And um, they say, look, we need to send spies out into the new land to go and check what's going on there so that we are well prepared as we're about to enter into, into it. Now, when they send the spies out, they see that there are giants in the land. Massive giants. And so, sorry, just to provide some context. When we read those types of scriptures, I don't think the picture is well painted in our mind. So you see me, I am 6'3". If I want to, you know, fake for the ladies, I say 6'3 and some but I'm 6'3". Now, imagine, imagine, imagine they put, they asked Tony to sit on my, on my shoulders, because half of things is maybe like another two and a half inches, actually, no, my brother, to sit on my shoulders. And so where his head will be, which will be maybe a few extra inches higher above, that's where the head of the giant is. And then I add my size, but just spread it over that 10-foot structure. These are the types of giants, 10, 12, 13-foot people that they were in, they, that despise. So me, I'm even a well-endowed spy, but somebody that's shorter than maybe like six, six foot, five, eight, five, nine. They sent a five, eight, five, nine guy to go into the land and go and spy. And the guy was seeing people who are twice his size walking around now. That's the kind of, that's what your new season looks like. Because again, as we step into new seasons, they look very daunting. They look very challenging. They look sweet because they went there and they came back with testimony. They said, the land, Odumpa, is sweet. But there are giants in the land. And it is only the people who had changed their mindset, which Joshua and Caleb, that we're able to say, you know what, these guys, my mind is so refined that I know that I can take care of a 10-foot giant. They are bred for us. So you have to prepare your mind to capture new ideas. You have to prepare your mind to be able to tackle whatever giants are in that land that you're about to face. It's like you're going into a new job. You have not met the, you, you've not met the CEO. You just met HR. Maybe the HR person was a really nice lady. But you're going to have a CEO, you're going to have a line manager, you're going to have head of operations, and one thing, one thing. You're going to report to 10, 11, 12 people. You've not met them. But you know how you start to prepare yourself from day one as you're wearing your suit, as you're you know, zipping up your trousers, as you're wearing your shoe. You're telling yourself, look, that HR boss, they go here around today. You know, CEO, he will see how good I am. You're already preparing your mind for the prospect of what's going to happen in the future. In the same way, as you are moving into a new season, you need to start to prepare your mind to capture new ideas, to capture new concepts, and you have to start to learn new things. Hey, people of God, this is the biggest thing that I want you to take away from today's service. 
is that you will be terrible at the new things that you start, but you must persevere. One of the biggest things that the world has, lies that the world has sold us is that if you're not good at something, you're not meant to do it. It's a lie. It's a big lie. Let me tell you another lie. That if you don't become an expert at something, you are not meant to do it. It's also a lie. I was watching Instagram. I do used to go on the IG sometimes. I was watching Instagram the other day. I feel like that's not even the right. I was on. See, these, these are those who actually use this stuff. I was on Instagram the other day. Telling <laughs> you something you can't see. I don't know why you're laughing at me. I was on Instagram the other day. I was scrolling through Instagram the other day. I was oh, tell them, sir. I was walking through the streets of IG the other day, and what did I see? There was somebody. She came up and she said, um, she basically was saying, "Look, somebody told you that because your voice is not great, telling you that you shouldn't sing." They told you that. Somebody told you that because um, you know you can't because your drawing is stick figure head one hand like one 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 that you shouldn't draw. She said, "No, absolutely not." Because what tends to happen is non-creative behavior, um, non-creative potential is learned. You somebody told you that you can't sing, so you then begin to believe that you should not sing. Somebody told you that you can't dance, that you have two left legs and one right one, you now begin to think that because that you shouldn't dance. No. Do it. Do it loud. Do it boldly. Do it freely. Do it with liberty. Because at the end of the day, there's no, there's no marking scheme for best singer. There's no marking scheme for best dancer. We don't get to heaven and then in Gabriel and Holy Spirit do prize giving day for the 10 best dancers in the world. No. As a matter of fact, the only criteria that God gives for any activity you do is do it with all your heart unto the Lord and not unto man. So if you are singing nonsense, but you are singing with all your heart unto the Lord and not unto man, you will get your prize when you get to heaven. Amen. No, tell them. No, I can't tell for love. Sorry. <laughs> I can't tell for love. But that is the truth. And the truth about this thing as well is that if you don't start doing it, you will never become good at it. It's like Pastor Ayo was saying today. We read in the Bible that David came, sling in hand, five good stones, threw it, Goliath fell down. So we just assume that ah, from the day of his birth, he was already already throwing st stuff with his sling. It's a lie. Oh. David had to learn. Uh, Dami wants to tell me how he learned how to sling. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Oh, and by the way, I'm so sorry. If you do have questions... Please feel free. Um. So my question is that <clears throat> you said we should, you know, we should do it anyway, mm. right? And the two criteria are, you know, to do it with all your heart and then do it unto the Lord. And I get that. I know that, right? That's actually profound. But my question is that, so where do you, where do you draw the line? Because when you say do it with all your heart, so now I particularly have a problem with doing things anyhow. <laughs> so what's the difference between doing it with all your heart? Because, and that's, this is my belief, I believe that if you truly want to do something with all your heart, if you are, you know, determined to do something with all of your heart, then you would find the best way, like, Okay, I know that I'm not good at this thing just yet. But when you put your heart and your mind to it, you can do... This thing might not be perfect, but, you know, you are a work in progress. You are doing it with all your heart according to the capacity that you have right mm -hmm. now. So where do you draw the line between, you know, doing things anyhow and doing with all your heart? Is it possible for somebody to do something anyhow with all their heart? Do you, uh, I understand. Like mediocrity. <laughs> I understand. So, uh, there's something here Yoruba people say. They say, a finiwa, that means your character is like smoke. What is on the inside of your heart, you can't stop it from showing. Do you understand? And the truth about it is, we are all sensitive to the goings on in people's hearts. Let's, let's, now, nah, I know there's a deeper level to it. Obviously, spiritual discernment, you can know all these things, deep, deep stuff, yeah. But, has it ever happened to you where, 
you are, we are all sitting in a party or something, we are sitting in a gathering, and somebody walks inside, and amongst ourselves, we know that this person is clearly here to come and flaunt their stuff. They're not doing anything bad, but the way they just walk in, are you, are you the first? Are you, are you the only one? You can already tell. And not by them having done anything out of the ordinary, but the, the essence of their heart starts to come out. Or alternately, another example, and I know that sometimes we are all part of this, but in Nigeria, they say, does anybody have any questions? Then one uncle in the back now raises up his hand. And then he now decides that the microphone that they've given him to ask questions is for him to now begin to share, you know, thank you so much, my brethren. This is truly a privilege. To, and they begin to just talk. And you know that is the essence of their heart. They feel like they are, you know, I should be, this gathering, I should also be well known. So let me show you people who I am. You can tell from the way they are doing what they are doing that the essence of their heart isn't necessarily good. And that's what I want to address. There is a way that you can do something. Let me paint a picture. When the Bible says David danced with all his might before the Lord, again, I want to paraphrase. People often think that David was some kind of skilled, he was giving them ballet, you know, two-step, you know, break. I do not believe that David was a skilled dancer. I don't think so. I think David just did what he knew to do with a heart that was clean and pristine. And it was so apparent to everybody that this guy may not be able to dance, so, but that running around is doing, shaking one leg, is doing it with his heart. Unto, and that's why I said, with all your heart, and unto the Lord and not unto man. And that's where the line between doing it well for God and doing it well for men is drawn. You can tell when, you typically can tell when somebody is doing something for God. Their, their, their outlook, their... I want to give an example again. I, I watch churches in America where people are, you know, they're allowed to be expressive on stage. So when they're doing worship and everything, they'll come with their white flag. They'll just be waving, waving. They'll do all this and they'll twirl in a circle and everything. And I sometimes watch that and I see the purity of the heart of the person who is doing it because the person's eyes are closed She's not paying attention to what's happening around. She's just dancing her thing. She will go down on the floor. She will come up again. And you can tell, this is the other thing. The Bible says when we do things, we should do them decently and in order. Somebody whose heart is fixed towards God will tend to do things decently and in order. Somebody whose heart is fixed towards what will men say, let me perform, let me show them, will often always go out of order because spiritual order is spiritually discerned. Order is spiritually discerned. An example again, and sorry, I know that I'm, but I'm just trying to emphasize this point. Um, Daniel, please let me give the mic to Pastor Dolly. David does something that is out of order. He goes into the temple, he eats the bread that is for sanctified unto God, out of order. But God judged the intent of his heart because God knew that this guy is my friend. He will never do anything that does not, um, you know, to dishonor me. And this thing is, guys, let's be honest. You know, you've gone to places where uh, they say, please welcome to the stage, brother Michael, to come and minister. And he's singing, and you yourself, you know that this brother is not singing to God. He's singing to me. He's trying to impress us. You know. So again, like I said, the heart is deceitful, yes. But if you truly are doing things with all your heart unto the Lord and not unto man, and within a decent and orderly structure, you're fine. Yeah, fine. So you keep that in mind as you're doing these new things. Yes, Pastor Dolly. Okay, I just wanted to share uh, just one example. I remember, so I used to be in the choir in my other church uh, before I joined the Elevation Church. So I remember leading a song, and I remember the song clearly, and it's, I'm not thinking about this sight. We'll be here to enjoy the view. So we were like, I was like the champ. So I've been to university. You know, we've heard song in school. We'll come back home to come and shine. So I remember that day. I can remember it very well because it was one of my best ministration. And, <laughs> and I was telling people, you'll be there to enjoy the view. As long as you're there, as long as there is you. And I was pointing to people like, we're all going to heaven if you're there. And, you know, years back, and I heard this song again. And I saw that it was to Jesus. As long as Jesus was there, I'm like, eh, 
I cannot even imagine that. I really start the wrong thing. It's so much faster than energy and everybody were clapping and we're like... <laughs> so that's just a typical example of doing something with all your heart. With all your heart. Yes. No, honestly. Honestly. And the truth about it again, like I was saying, is if you do it with all your heart and you do it as, as unto the Lord and not unto man, even when you make mistakes, God, and that's the thing, God does not look on the outside. God always judges the intent of the heart. Example in the Bible, the widow's might. Babe comes with her two, two cents. And, and all the pastors and bishops who are coming with their sacks or go dropping, zero. But for her, despite the fact that it was the littlest thing she could possibly give, because she did it with all her heart. And here's another thing. She did it within divine order and you know, process. She didn't decide, you know what, this is my two cents. I want to live, I mean, obviously because it was two mites or two cents, she probably didn't want to announce it to everybody. But what tends to happen is when you are coming with your two billion cents, you now want to know. So there's a way that you walk up to the offering kidney, you grab your brother to the left, grab your brother to the right, just to prove to people that that kind of mindset will not prosper in the new season that God is sending you into. And that's what I want you to do. So, as, again, like I said, because this is a very practical session we're doing, what are some of the things, new ideas, new um, experiences, new expressions that you feel like God is asking you? And the truth about this is you will know them because God would have told you already by now. Do you want to write more? So I want you to take out your notepad or whatever and, and start to think. So what are some of the things that you feel like God has been placing on your heart? God wants me to write more this year. Tony, nothing. God wants me to write more. God wants me to start to sing more. God wants me to learn a new instrument. God wants me to learn, you know, this new software, this new... God wants, wants me to do this training, you know, or God wants me to start to reach out to people more and just be kind, you know, share from what I have, give my food, my... Give it, do give away, sir. Love it. You know, a friend of mine was telling me about something that God had been teaching her. She was transitioning into a new season. God told her to be carrying food in her car. Rice, beans, you know, dry food. Rice, beans, onions, whatever. Put them in bags, just tiny little bags. And as they are driving, she always used to see people along the road who were, you know, asking for food. All those guys, when you get to the red lights, who always come and be begging you, she gives out to them. And in this new season of her life, she went and spent six months in London and then thoroughly enjoyed herself as a reward for the work that she did as she was preparing to enter into this new season. And it's that kind of person that God can entrust with the riches and the wealth of his kingdom because he knows that it will, this person will disburse it properly. So if you are asking God, God, this new season, I want you know, divine wealth, I want new wealth, then there are things you need to start doing now, learning how to give. It's something you will write. So one minute, sorry, I know I've been talking. And we'll do the last two and then we'll pray. All right. The next thing that we're going to do, as so I've said, what, what were the three things I said? Send your angels ahead of you. Send light ahead of you. What's the next one? Review your currencies. Now, what's the third one? Prepare to capture new ideas. Now, one thing I didn't say that I want to just add is this. Um, the Bible says that you cannot come to the altar to prepare a gift, to give to God, without first having dealt with the people, somebody that you've offended. If you offended your brother and you want to come and give a gift, God said, leave the altar here the gift at the altar rather, go and deal with the issues you have with your brother and then come back and then your gift will be acceptable. So in reviewing the current season that you are in, there is something that is essential that you must do and that is you must work to leave all offense and bitterness behind you in this season. Again, like I said, the giant you don't deal with in your current season, you will carry into the promised land with you. So, I feel it's very important. So, Titulola, you guys write down. There are people, persons, groups of people, whatever, that you might have rubbed the wrong way in this current season that you are in. 
And so I want you to write a commitment. Write their names down. Sheyi, Wale, Tosin, Dele, all the people that you've offended in this current season or that have been offended with you in this current season. I want you to write their names down. And then, Daniel, can we have the microphone over here? And then prepare to make peace with them so that you don't carry that baggage into your new season. So I forgot to say that. But yeah, he has a question. What if they are SUs? Exes. Let, let me I'll answer your question because I was but yeah, what Richard. If, what if they need restitution, like restitution? People Say that again. Wronged. People you wrong, what if they need restitution? Like maybe you wrong them and you're supposed to give back and all those. Oh, things. they need restitution. Ah, right. Okay. So I don't know what kind of restitution they need, but I know the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. Sometimes they may be asking for a pound of flesh and just your ability to speak to them softly in a way that shows true contrition, true repentance can ameliorate the effect of that pound of flesh that they're looking to exact from you. I don't know what kind of restitution. I'm hoping it's not like you're not owing somebody like five million or something. But if it's something that you can appeal to their better judgments, appeal to their kindness, their charity, whatever, something that you can speak to them on that you, you know that a soft answer can turn the tide of their heart. I think that that's always the first step. Now, if it really demands restitution, you need to do something, then I would say go ahead and also make an act of faith. Let them know, look, I may not have all the two million I owe you right now, but here is 750K. And I'm trusting God that as I walk into this new season, you give them a clear plan. By March, by the grace of God, I will have the remaining 1.25 million to give you. And I'm begging and asking that you please extend me a little leeway. I am genuinely sorry for how I have faced you in the past, you know, but I would do better. All of that. But it's important to make sure that you clear the air from your past season so you can walk into your new season with clarity of mind and clarity of purpose. Now, if they're your ex, Jesus help me. Because I've also been wronged, hallelujah, in the past. And I know that I have carried the baggage of my past heartbreaks into newer seasons. And it has crippled me. I'll give an example. There was somebody I, 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 I won't even say we dated, but I was, I was talking to her, but she was not being talked to. Do you understand? No, it's not situationship. Situationship is we are kind of still talking to one another, talking, but the talk did not reach the, the talk talk. Me, I was talking. She, she was not talking onto. She was not receiving the talkings. Do you understand? And it, it, it grieved my heart. It, <laughs> I was doing a one-man show. <laughs> I was... <laughs> but... Um, but, yeah, so I, and I didn't really get rid of the pain. Now, this is years ago. Thank God for growth. Oof. Anyway, but I didn't really get rid of the hurt that I had in my heart for this person. Now, as I was transitioning into this new season of my life, in quotes, the person that was standing in the doorway for me to enter into that season, well, this person that, that I was hot at. So she hurt me, but I didn't hurt her, but she hurt me. Now, to be able to navigate through that season, I had to come to a place where I could see her as a child of God. In, I had to see her for who she was, for her position, position not her location. Excuse me, ma, what do you mean she didn't hurt me? Is it your heart that's paining you? No, but she, no, but, no. And this, this for another, no, 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 no. No, what do you mean she didn't receive? She received plenty things. Mm -mm, Pastor Dolly. No, no, no. I can't argue with you on this one. Sorry, can they miss the podcast? What do you mean she didn't receive it? All the places that I took her to to go and eat lunch, all those, she didn't receive that one. She received it too. Hello, dear. Damian, you know my friend. I will show you something. Come on. All the things that I did for her, she didn't receive. What do you mean she didn't receive it? And explicitly, implicitly, all the implicitly I gave. I ah, Pastor Dolly, what are you telling me? No, no, no. What I want to say, what the eat that she did not receive is my love. <laughs> she did not receive me, my hand in marriage. Like, do you understand? But she received all the other things. 
And that's wrong. Hello, my friend. Come and stop it. Hello, Tony. I want several acts of kindness this coming week. Take me out. Are we not friends? That means you are a bit. You that small sausage yourself. I have to beg you. Don't, don't start. But the point I'm trying to make here is that I had to get rid of the hurt in my heart for the person. And I had to learn how to navigate a, re- and I want to be clear, relationship with this person. And I don't mean relationship in the I love you, you love me, we're happy. For. I mean relationship in the fact that I can see this person outside and my heart does not immediately gravitate towards hate for the person. As a matter of fact, my heart can pray for this person with peace, with clarity, with a desire for her to actually become who God has called her to be. It's hard to, it's hard to be seeing somebody who, who chop, chop my money and to pray for the person. It's hard. But the, tr- the truth about it is I needed to get there. And what I've learned, what I learned from that experience was essential into, in the new season I was going into because I had to start to learn to forgive people when they hurt me as they are hurting me. That's a different thing. You know how somebody is, is stabbing you and you're saying it's okay. Thank you for stabbing me. It's okay. That's where I currently am in my life right now. And I'm learning. So again, like I said, as you're transitioning into this new season, it's essential that you get rid of the hurt from the past. We'll do the last two very quickly and we'll go. The last one is plan plan. So what we are currently doing now, writing all these things down, is part of our initial plan. What we call initiation planning. You know, we're doing, getting rid of all the things from the past, preparing as we're entering into the new season. But again, it's important, like I said, teach us to number our days so that we can apply our heart to executing wisdom in our lives. It's important for, Tony is thinking about all the things she wants to do every Okay. It's important for you to plan consistently throughout this new season. As you step into the new season, God will give you instructions. Begin to write them down and begin to plan on how to execute them. So before you enter the season, God said, Demon, I want you to start writing more. So you wrote it down, writing more. But then as you enter into the new season in January, God says, here's the plan for how you start writing more. Take this training on how to write a newsletter. So you start planning. The training costs 20,000 naira. I will put 10,000 away in January, 10,000 away in February, so that I can take the training at the end of February. Um, you need a new laptop. You've written it down. Start planning. At the end of every month, I will save 30K, 30K for four months so that I can buy my laptop um, at the end of April. Trying to understand what I'm trying to say. So start putting those plans down today. And I want to encourage you as you go home this evening, as we pray through the week, as we fast and all of that, as you... Jesus will say, as I hear, I judge. As you hear, judge it. Is this what God wants us to do? Write it down immediately. And start to make plans to execute towards it. Planning is actually a step of faith. It says to God that, God, I heard you, and I know you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So I'm choosing to begin to put energy towards the instruction you've given me. I'm choosing to begin to put mental energy towards it, physical energy towards it. And that plan... I have plenty of friends who would tell me that oh, at the end of the year, I went and I looked back at the notes I made in January to see how far I had come so that I can then assess, did I do a good job in this current season that I'm in? So planning is essential. And the last one, which is the one I want to really harp on as we close, is hope and expectation. Now, what tends to happen is in the season that you were in before, things that you thought you heard or that you even heard outright that didn't come to pass, they weigh on your heart's ability to begin to process for the future. So I'll give an example. At the beginning of 2021, I heard in my heart God saying that this year was going to be a year where I would climb several levels above. So say I've been climbing one one step before. God now said, this year I believe I'm going to climb up five steps. And I was so excited because I was just like, bruh, they won't know me by the end. Of, oh, oh, no, no, no. My glory will be so high. But what happened in February, January-ish? Lost my job. And I look back now and I ask myself, so am I really five steps? Am I even really one step? Because I don't think that I am. But here's what I also realized. The seasons of your life are not written according to the calendar of the year. And something that, that Fisayop, I feel like I should call him pastor because he really spoke pastorically that day. But something that he said that day was that 
if you are experiencing a consistent season of darkness in your life, it's because you have not brought enough light to bear on that situation. So, since he said that thing till today, every time I feel the grip of darkness coming over my heart about this specific situation, what do I do? I start walking around my room and I start to bring the light of God to bear on it. I declare the word of God. I, sometimes I don't even have the words. I will speak in tongues, pacing up and down in my room because I understand that the Bible says that God said, let there be light. And as soon as light came into the equation, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment, discretion, everything comes to bear. And it's in the atmosphere of that wisdom, understanding, knowledge, discretion, and discernment that the trees were made. The birds of the air came to being. All of that stuff happened. And if you don't have that bearing upon your situation consistently, you will not be able to enjoy the benefits of the new season that you are in. So, what do you do? The Bible says, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. And that needs to be your approach as you begin to, because that is what builds the hope and the expectation in your heart. The Bible says that a tree with its stump and its roots in the ground, it says even though it be cut off at the scent of water, it will rise again. The reason why is because the tree has no other hope or expectation than to grow. Trees don't struggle. They don't say, mm, it's grow. They don't struggle. As soon as water comes into the equation, they start growing because that's all of their hope is growth. As soon as the seed is planted into the ground, it starts to grow because its hope is set totally on growth. And so the question is, where is your hope set? Where is your expectation set? You... Trees have more hope than human beings do. That's ridiculous. So as you transition into this new season, I want you to start to set your hopes high. And I want to clarify this because it is human knowledge that tells you that you should not set your hope, get your hope. We see it in Hollywood. Don't get your hopes up. It's a lie. Get it up. Let it be up, 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 up high. There's another scripture that they try and use to discourage. They say, oh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's, hope de- is only deferred when it is not hope that is set in God. The Bible says, hope thou in God. If God is the center of your hope, it will never be deferred. And even when it seems as if it's deferred, Mary and Martha sent a message to Jesus in hope that Jesus would come and heal their brother. And their hope became deferred and their heart became sick when their brother died. So when Jesus came, Martha went to meet him that, bro, but we told you, bro, like, you should have been rushing down, you should have been jogging down to come and save your boy. And Jesus said to him, your brother will rise again. And he said, look, my hope is not really in you. My hope is that in the resurrection day will rise again. And Jesus said, look, if I, have I not told you? You must believe the things that I tell you. If you believe upon me, I I'm the resurrection and life. I am the hope for this situation. And so that hope is not in things or in people. It is in God and God alone. So as you begin to transition into this season of your life, send your light forth. Send angels ahead of you. Let light begin to bear upon the new season of your life you're about to enter into. You know, begin to plan, creatively execute strategies. Think about what God wants you to write it down. All the people in your past that you feel like you've hurt or have hurt you, clear that out of the way. Remove all the excess baggage of the season from before and begin to expect and hope patiently, rejoicing evermore, praying without, without season and all things give thanks. The Bible says, because this is the will of God the Father concerning you. So let's rise on our feet as we close. And I hope, have you all learned something today? Yeah. Praise God. So let's just pray. Let's just pray. And I want you to talk to God very briefly. Ask God, Lord, um, thank you for this new announcement of a new season in my life. I begin to ask, Lord, Lord, what is it that you need me to do to prepare myself for the season that you're asking me to walk into? Give me specific instructions. Your word says, in your light, I will see light. Let there be light from your word on what I need to do to better prepare myself for this new season. And then I want you to say in your heart, Lord, I commit to doing the things you tell me to do. I will sing with all my heart, even if I can't sing. I will dance, even if I can't dance. I will learn to play an instrument. I will learn to, you know, write. I will learn to draw, fashion, design, whatever it is you set on my heart to do. 
because I know that as I walk into this season, Lord, you will give me capacity to do it well. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you because your word says that unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think, you are the hope for our lives. You are the joy for our new season. You are the strength to walk into this new season of life. So we ask, Lord, that you prepare us, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, prepare our bodies for this new season. We surrender to you. We thank you because your word says you make all grace abound towards us so that we will have sufficiency to abound unto every good work. As we walk into this new season, Lord, we ask for fresh grace to abound to us so that we will be sufficient to do the work of this new season. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We appreciate you. We give you the praise. And we thank you in expectation for a wonderful 2022 ahead. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And all God's people said... Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.